Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Francophiles. This is our podcast from the French Embassy in Washington, D.C. My name is Ariel. You could probably tell from the accent that I'm not French and that I'm American. But I've had an interest in the French language and culture and people for as long as I can remember. My work here, like that of many at the embassy, is about building bridges between French and American cultures. The purpose of this podcast? To explore with you the secrets of diplomacy and to help you discover our rich and fascinating work. From geopolitical interrogations to daily life at one of the biggest French embassies abroad, we decided to open up our souls and microphones to you and hope you will enjoy the ride. In today's podcast about World War II and D-Day, we have the pleasure to sit down with some exceptional guests, including Major General Andrew Davis, a Marine veteran and the CEO of the World War II Foundation, James Earl Bud Rudder Jr., the son of a D-Day veteran Army Ranger, and John Seward, a D-Day veteran. So, John, as a D-Day veteran, can you tell us a little bit about your experience and some of the memories you have from that day? It was quite a day. It was a wild. Gosh, uh, when we approached, uh, the entire horizon was was red from the bombings uh, and and uh, bombs exploding. Uh, it, it was almost like a, almost like a movie screen. The Nazis would fire at something that they were aiming at, uh, and then uh, if they missed, uh, they would make the adjustments. They had to observe the splashes. Go where the splashes are because they're not going to shoot there again. Were attacked by uh, German e-boats, and we managed to uh, sink one of them and took aboard some uh, survivors. I think there were twelve altogether. Uh, felt sorry for them because they were just like we were—a bunch of kids—but they were all wet and felt defeated. Uh, it was when we were down in the Mediterranean getting ready for, uh, what was that, Operation, was that Neptune down there? I often say it wasn't really a picnic, but it was a picnic compared to Normandy. That I, I'm sorry I'm uh, digressing. Uh, as far as describing, uh, I, I was saying they trained they trained me to do a job. 
I did a job the best I could. And uh, we were successful. And uh, I'm happy about that. What about your dad, bud? Did he ever share any stories about the day or World War II? What kind of memories did he have? You know, the whole invasion was a, a near disaster. Uh, dad landed with 200, I think 212 men. After 24 hours, only 92 could bear arms. You know, some were killed, some were badly wounded. But they, you know, less than half of the force remained to fight after 24 hours. So you can imagine there were lots of stories of uh, heroism and uh, dad was wounded twice that day, uh, once through his thigh by a sniper uh, down, the, down the cliffs. And, and then later in the day, he was standing in one of these great big bunkers uh, that the Germans had constructed for these big cannons and then moved them out when they bombardment got so bad and dad was standing in one of these big bunkers with a artillery officer and another man and a shell came in from offshore it probably was uh, a big shell that cooked off in the barrel of one of those ships because they were so hot from firing anyway it hit that bunker and killed the man standing next to dad killed both of them and dad ended up with a whole bunch of bunker concrete in his arm when he came home with and it was years, he was, these pieces of concrete kept surfacing in his arm that had gone into his arm when, when that shell hit the bunker. Thank you so much, Bud Rudder, for sharing your dad's heroic story with us, which actually ended up leading him to being awarded with a French Legion of Honor. Impressive. So, Major General Davis, I heard that back in the day, the Army came up with a pretty clever gadget. Could you talk to me a little bit about this? What is a D-Day clicker? Well, in, in your hand is what was called Acme Cricket. Acme was the company that manufactured these. And when the airborne troops landed on D-Day. There were 20,000 U.S. and British troops that uh, landed on actually the night of June 5th and 6th, 1944, behind the line, about two miles from the beaches, in the middle of the night. And when you jump out of airplanes or when gliders crash land and spew out their, their soldiers, uh, there's confusion, and instead of units together, there were individuals in the dark. And these are young men who were, many of them, in combat for the very first time, scared to death, and they had to be quiet. And there had to be a way to 
you heard something on the other side of a hedgerow or on the other side of a farm barn, you didn't know who that was. You had to be able to identify that, and you couldn't speak in English. You couldn't say, hey, who's there? Because it might be a German soldier who would come out and shoot you. So they bought 50,000 of these metal crickets, clickers, and gave them to each one of the airborne soldiers. And one click was a challenge, equivalent of who's there. And in the middle of the night, that you know, one click, you wouldn't know what that was. And if it was on the other side of the hedgerow was an American or a British friendly soldier, they would reply it twice. So that was the challenge and the password. Unfortunately, two clicks also is the sound of a German rifle boat bolt going home, loading a round in the chamber. And uh, sometimes I would confused and American would stand up when he heard two clicks only to be greeted by the German soldier on the other end. As someone who has never experienced war, the idea seems daunting and quite scary, to be honest, especially taking your age at the time into consideration. Were you scared? I was a 20-year-old kid by that time. I was still a kid. Uh, the Navy trained me to do a job several jobs, in fact, and, uh, scared, uh, no, we were, we, we were trained to do our job, and, uh, uh, well, yeah, if we got hit, uh, well, so be it, that was part of the business. Americans of the 19... 30s and 40s. Americans didn't travel very much. The World War I generation, many of those uh, young men who went off to France, were the first Americans to have left the shores of America to go to France. The same uh, happened in 42 and 3. So th these, these young men left the, the small hometowns, their factories, their farms, they, they got on ships, and with them, they brought their music, their food, their Coke bottles, their cigarettes, their spam. <laughs> and then um, uh, on Normandy, they uh, in, invaded uh, France to liberate. Would you say World War II remembrance is vivid? We started going to Normandy because of an article in the Elks magazine 
in the U.S. And the title of the article, this was back in 2009 or 2010, it said, Revisiting Normandy. And I opened it up and there was a picture of, they had just dedicated a U.S. Navy memorial. And it's uh, beautiful. And every naval unit, U.S. Navy unit, that participated in the invasion is listed on this monument. The name of our ship is about in the middle on one of the five sides. I had a cap on like I have on today. And I'm standing there, and a French lady, she probably was a schoolgirl at the time of the invasion. I don't like to use that word, but uh, I, I prefer to call it a beginning of the liberation of France. But And this, this little... French lady came over to my wife and she said, Him here then? And my wife told her yes. And when the photography was all done, she came over and gave me a bear hug and said, Mercy, mercy, mercy. And, uh, that's, that's enough to bring tears to your eyes. And that sort of got us into the habit of going back every year. Thank you so much in the name of the embassy and French people for everything you've done for France and the relationship to the U.S. and vice versa. You're welcome. The pleasure was mine. As president and CEO of the World War II Foundation, why is it important to commemorate the 75th anniversary? The mission of the World War II Foundation is to educate current generations that there was a World War II and what World War II was all about. And the importance of doing that is that as we get further and further away from the events of World War II. At the same time, in American education, the lessons of World War II are being lost. They're not even being taught. I, I'm a veteran of Vietnam, which was 50 years ago, and already that's ancient history. You're supposed to say you don't look that old, right? Sorry. <laughs> the men and women who fought World War II 75 years ago, for the French up to 82 years ago, their, their stories every day are being lost. There were are roughly 600,000 veterans of World War II still alive in the U.S. 
but they're now between 95 and 100 years old. They're dying at the rate of 600 a day, and pretty soon their stories will be lost. So events like this are important to honor their service for those who are still, still alive and also to provide an example to the young people of their courage, their sacrifice, and their ultimate victory in World War II. Now, here's a kind of a sad story. We also give DVDs to high school teachers and to libraries. We had a teacher a year ago call us and request a DVD and lesson plan about World War XI. He stopped and said, what? She didn't know that the Roman numeral 2 was not 11, and that's a teacher. So that's the importance of what we do as a foundation and why when we have a, a milestone anniversary like this, that we like to do it well. So how do you see the French-American partnership today? Well, it's very, very close. Uh, the, the two nations remain Extraordinarily close. Extraordinarily close. Um, I, I had the privilege of being the commander of U.S. Marine Forces for Europe and Africa from 2005 to 2007, and uh, made several visits to bilateral training events uh, with the U.S. And, and French forces and other allies. Our relationship goes back 250 years as nations, and the United States would likely not be a nation. We'd still be subjects of the British Empire were it not for the French uh, Navy. So um, we're now, I think, in a period of close friendship, which is a good thing. The two countries face a lot of the same existential threats. That's why alliances like the U.S. and France are so important. And sharing and sharing our experiences as well. I mean, we had 9-11 and France has faced the uh, a number of HRs, Charlie. Thank you so much, Major General Davis, for spending time with us to share your stories about World War II and D-Day. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed every moment of it. do not hesitate to share with us your thoughts on our podcast or what you'd be curious to hear more about. Let us know on our website, www.franceintheus.org, or send us an email at info at ambafrance-us.org. And please subscribe to our podcast if you liked it. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, a bientôt.